hello, hello, and hello, and welcome to the 13th Fantasy Football Forecast Podcast. Today's date is June 5th, and your hosts today are Owen, Patrick, and Jason. We'll be going over two points today for our weekly news. I know, it's, it's a lot. Um, and then we have free agents, let me, for the weekly news, we have free agent signings and also info about the Florida facility. The rest of the episode is dedicated to analyzing the players in the first two rounds of the fantasy football big board. Patrick, take it away. And what does ta- the Florida facility entail exactly? What is oh, that? We'll even find mean? out. We'll oh, find out. Oh, it's a surprise. Facility. Okay. Mm-hmm. I had to bring the suspense. I wouldn't yeah. could have name dropped it, but just no, the Florida no, 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 facility. No. Florida facility. But yeah, so it's, another it's exhilarating news of two bullet points on the weekly news. It's uh, it's really exciting. We have. Another Houston Texans running back. Jason is so excited over there in his corner. He is so pumped. Just another running back thrown in there. A veteran running back, Rex Burkhead, signing with the Texans. Don't be talking me up too much. I'm not a Texans fan. I don't care this much. Yeah, I'm just devastated. They've been gone. The running back room has been destroyed of fantasy value for a while. This is just salt on the wound. Two or three years, roughly? No, just just this offseason, really. It had, it had potential to have some fantasy caliber players, and then once they there's like five or six dudes in that room, it's it's a little bit too much. Yeah, I don't like it, but you know, haven't liked it for a while. Don't care anymore. Yeah, what are you gonna this do? doesn't change anything. It's just I don't think Rex Burkhead was making that big of an impact fantasy wise. Anyways, it's just just you know just another Houston Texan move. There was that one game where he got three touchdowns. I mean, yeah. that happened. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot. Remember, and then there, Lewis, there's all of those random Patriots running backs that just randomly pop up. Yeah, and then there game. was like 20 other games where he got zero yards and touchdowns. I don't just, think he played 20 games last year, Owen, so I think you're wrong. A <laughs> little sarcastic, Jason, but one game should not offset the other five. Sorry, 14 games? Is that, is that better for you? Yeah, no, okay. I don't think it was 14 either because he got injured last year. All right, moving on, Patrick. <laughs> The big reveal. <laughs> the Florida facility is... Drumroll, please. Oh, yeah, I got you, I got you. The Jaguars. What happened? The, ja- <laughs> the Jaguars are spending... The number I saw, it's over $400 million. I think the number I saw was $441 million on uh, just, you know, investing in uh, the Jacksonville area. They're building some restaurants, you know, building some new practice fields, stuff like that. So I'm like, you know... Physical education places, just people for people to work out in Jacksonville. Just new Jacksonville facilities. You know, shout out to the Jaguars. They're just doing good things for the community. What bad things did they do to cause this to happen? Uh, what do they have to make up for? Yeah. I think that what we have to realize, they're not making up for anything. It's just, if they own everything in the town, they make all their revenue from that. Ah, I see. Okay. It's like uh, so. Even if they teams. suck in the season, they're still going to be making, making bank. Money. It's yeah. like they like you got restaurants next to the stadiums. They're building those. Yeah. It's like they want to build the game day experience, and this is just in general for Jacksonville. Like you could go there, Honestly, not even during the game day. Good you know? job, Jaguars. That was a very smart move. I usually say Jags gonna Jags. Jags made a smart move here. You know, they're thinking financially. They they're... made smart financial moves. Not exactly the greatest, you know, football moves, but they make the financial moves. Hey, all they need is the money. And they're going in the right direction for the money. Mm-hmm. If that's all they care about and not actually winning NFL football games. but They're not the ones playing the game. They're not winning games. <laughs> I guess, yeah, the Jaguars owners are not the ones playing the game, so they don't really care too much. 
But yeah, that's our two points in the weekly news and the big reveal of the Florida facility. Not going to lie, that did not live up to my expectations. No, I just told Owen Florida <laughs> facility is what he should say. Yeah, that was really confusing. I didn't know what that meant. But it was big. It's a good alliteration, you know? Oh, yeah. It rolls off the tongue. I knew it was the Jaguars, and I still didn't know what to expect. <laughs> but uh, we can move on to our... We created a fantasy big board. It's basically just a draft board of where we think each player should end up drafted in uh, just the, the average fantasy draft. Maybe our, the perfect scenario uh, fantasy draft, Jason. Would you say that? In our perfect world? Not quite, because, you know, you need positional needs for the yeah, actual so draft this day. This is not like a mock draft. It's not based off team needs. This is just straight up just ranking the players on where mm. we believe. It's like almost we're guessing their ADP. It's like a, it's basically like a flex ranking for like yes. If if only the only position was a flex, we're exactly. just ranking their their skill, not worried about how they fit onto your team. But number one, we'll start for we're gonna be going through the first two rounds, so the top twenty four players. Number one, bold take, Christian McCaffrey. Ooh, not not many people would wow. see this one coming really. So big shocker. Yeah, no, doesn't really need a much introduction. I mean. Best running back in the league. Also the best fantasy player in the league. Look at that. Yeah. It's pretty straightforward. Don't need to talk much on this one. I think, you know, I don't need to say anything. Patrick, would you like? No, he's just the best. I mean, yeah. I think we mentioned, I think it was last week, about uh, people saying the, the claim you had about Christian McCaffrey being the number one running back versus Derrick Henry. I think that would spice some people. There's a lot of, it feels like if you're a Derrick Henry fan, you're diehard. I think you should be able to agree that Christian McCaffrey is undoubtedly number one fantasy running back. I also agree with you. He's number one NFL-wise. But I feel like even if you do believe Derrick Henry's number one NFL running back, fantasy value, you got to go McCaffrey. I don't think that's doubted. I don't even see why you would say Henry's number one fa- real-life running you back when Nick eye. Chubb you, is you still a better people, power back. You know people God say him. that. Okay. I know what they're saying, you know, and they're but, wrong. It you, doesn't yeah, matter. But you you can't just act as if there's no one out there that thinks Derrick Henry's the best. Like that is a yeah. I, I know a lot of people do, and that's a problem because like mm-hmm. they're he's like realistically third or fourth. Yeah, he just has he has. I think he was just more of like a shock to NFL defenses. They were not ready to prepare for. They've never seen a running back that well, he just got so him. many carries. That's all. That yeah, was exactly. A big thing. So the Titans were just feeding him carries. He had so many opportunities and. I also think that his specific build of a running back, like the straight power that he had, was unseen before. So I think that really just took defenses by storm. Either way, he's, uh, you know, McCaffrey's number one on the rankings. And number two, also quite obvious one, Dalvin Cook. My boy. Not much dispute here either. I mean, Dalvin Cook has the receiving talents that Henry lacks. And is in a safe, reliable scenario where you know basically what you're getting. And Vikings on the rise. Vikings are. I think are. the Vikings are going to improve. I think Vikings were a lot better last year than people realized. I think they kind of people kind of checked out. They had a very bad start to the season. They were very bad for most of the season. But I think towards the end, they really improved, came together as a team. And I think they're going to be substantially better. Well, yeah, the, a near playoff team. You have a running back on that team. You know, yeah. They could make a push, maybe get a wild card spot. If Aaron Rodgers leaves, they'll probably mm-hmm. easily win the division. So, Dalvin Cook, I mean, he's going to be in a strong situation throughout most of the year. That's just one more positive for him. Easy number two. Not really any dis- dis- disputing that either. Do you have anything else on Dalvin Cook saying as you're a fan, Patrick, or should we move on to the first controversial one? I, 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 
I think yeah. that uh, he's just—it's just the the Vikings weren't exactly the greatest team last year, but I think Dalvin Cook was the one shining bright spot on that quite bad team. Him and Justin Jefferson really just carrying the fantasy relevance of the Vikings last year, and I think it's going to be more of the same this year. Yeah, but uh, three and four—I mean, we all know Derrick Henry and Alvin Kamara are going to be three and four. It's a question of who's where, though. And uh, for us, we have Derrick Henry getting the third spot, Kamara at fourth. Main reason for that, Derrick Henry's just a safer player because think, Kamara has lost his quarterback. Yeah, I was going to say Drew Brees. That's a major factor. It's, you, you don't yeah. know how whatever QB they end up starting over there ends up throwing the ball to Kamara. You don't know how that's going to work out for him. It's really that simple. I mean, Derrick Henry, he's going to be reliable. He'll once again get well over 200 touches, well over 1,000 rushing yards. Uh, probably has the chance to lead the league in rushing yards once again just because that's all he does. So you're getting a reliable automatic running back one. Alvin Kamara should be great, has higher upside, but at the same time is a bigger risk with Jameis Winston. I still think Kamara has a good chance to be a top three running back once again, but Jameis Winston, so you never know. Yeah, 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions. That's why, you know, we're going to settle. We're going to be, you know, first round. We're going to go safe. Sleep the LASIK surgery, though. You never know. He took a year off. Maybe, you know, mm-hmm. people forget. But, you know, we're going to play it safe. Go with uh, Henry at the number three spot. Now number five is a lovely place player that we all know. <laughs> no controversy on this one. Quite I, obvious. I <laughs> any negative uh, you know, flashback to this one. Aaron Jones is once again going to be our running back five and fifth overall on the draft board. No Saquon Barkley here. No. Nope. I'm not upset about that one. Yeah, no, I mean... I'm also... I, I would question the... I think the, the guy we have at six, we have, we have Zeke. Zeke Elliott, I think he could compete for that fifth spot, especially with Dak back. Yes. I think Zeke was very bad without Dak. I think Dak coming back, if Dak's able to produce at the high level, which you know I'm assuming he will be able to, I think Zeke's going to have that opportunity to compete for the top five. But Aaron Jones... First off, yeah. We are Aaron Jones first. Uh, yeah. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, question mark. Don't really care for it. Don't think it's a big deal. We are. Either this way. is with the assumption that the Packers aren't going to actually trade Aaron Rodgers. I don't think yeah, he's no. going anywhere. They have a Super Bowl window of at most three years, and then they're going to be struggling with cap. You can't get rid of Rodgers, otherwise you're just going to be struggling with cap right now. That is so true. you might as well, you know, go for the Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. So really, Aaron Jones, top five running back. Even if Aaron Rodgers leaves, he still could be top five because Jamal Williams left. So now he's no longer mainly a running back who gets some targets he's now going to be basically a slightly worse version of christian mccaffrey where he's getting all the carries and all of the targets throughout the entire offense which in the packers offense that's already so high powered yeah he could end up being better than mccaffrey in that stance there's no competition in the backfield for uh aaron jones he's in a situation where everything's going to be going his way and uh packers Devontae Adams is his only competition for targets, more or less. Mm-hmm. So he's got, you know, perfect storm building for Aaron Jones, and he's falling out of the first round right now. But yeah, no, he's going to be number five for us, I think. Moving on, as we said, to Zeke. Yeah, I like Zeke. I like Zeke when Dak plays. I yeah. don't like Zeke when Dak doesn't play. That I think is, that's the main factor. That right is here. a fair stance. I would agree with you on that. 
I mean, Zeke was the running back three when Dak was around. Mm-hmm. And uh, then he wasn't. No, then he was very bad, actually. <laughs> then he was he quite was... bad. Yeah, he fell I don't know off. exactly how bad he was, but, I mean, I don't know. Was he, did he fall running back two, running back three category? He might have been worse than that. I mean, he Yeah, no, bad. he was down there. He was definitely not a running back one anymore. He fell very quickly out of that as soon as Dak came. However, good news, Dak is once again his quarterback. Dak is back. So we're going to put him at number six, bounce back year. I mean, even in Zeke's worst year, he was still a running back one. But then, you know, barring, you know, a full healthy team, he's yeah. still a running back one. So, last year, he lost his quarterback, lost his offensive line, and Andy Dalton, not going to get a lot of yeah, targets. Andy, Andy Dalton, come on. Come Receiving on. game kind of dies with that. You know, you have defenses preparing for him first, and he's also losing all of his targets now, and his offensive line sucks. Yeah. Now his offensive line is fully healthy, his quarterback's back, so defenses have to respect the passing game, and his quarterback's back, so he can be involved in the passing game. All of just three more positives to get him back to not even running back three, but running back six. Mm-hmm. Now on to number seven, finally making his appearance, is Saquon Barkley. Yeah, I mean, we, we talked about this uh, last We mentioned he wasn't technically a reach. He was an over overhyped player, maybe. Yeah. But yeah. But I mean You gotta take him eventually. I yeah, think he's seven. still first round talent. Yeah. I would go seven looking at the other running backs. I feel like he's definitely at in my opinion the bottom of this first first seven, I guess first seven uh yeah. group of running back we have here. But I mean he's definitely I'd say above the ones uh trickling towards the end of the first round. He's definitely he deserves still being that first uh midpoint of the first round. At seven. His potential is high for sure, but at the same time, it's just there's a lot going against him. I mean, bad quarterback, bad offensive line, mm-hmm. and bad history of play recently. How do how do you ACL um, tear? How do you feel about Kenny Galladay? Do you think that opens up the offense for him? Does that actually affect his potential at all? I think it's a positive, obviously, because as we just mentioned yeah. with Zeke, the passing attack makes you gotta you know respect yeah, the passing attack opens up for the running game. But at the same I'd also time, don't know just adding Kenny Galladay fixes how bad uh, Danny Ducks is. As we exactly. Like to call him. I mean, at the end of the day, Daniel Jones has never been quite good at you know playing football so far from what we've seen. So like, it's I don't understand exactly how you could take Saquon above any of the other guys. But yeah. really, offensive line is really the biggest thing because it's already terrible. Mm-hmm. One injury. And all of a sudden, it's going to be a, like bottom five in the league. And Saquon already struggled last year and the year before that when he was healthy. There's a lot going against him. And coming off the ACL injury yeah, doesn't no. usually help. I mean, he is seventh, but realistically, if I had the seventh pick, I probably wouldn't take him just because there's yeah, so much going against a, him. That is a tough argument for me to think about here. He is the seventh best running back. Like, but personally, I wouldn't want to take him. I wouldn't. How do we? How do I? How do we explain this point here? You know, I mean, I don't. If I have a seventh round pick, I don't want him. But I have to rank him at seventh. You know, he's better than the other players, but the other players are safer and more reliable. He is probably the worst first rounder. I would put out here. Oh, hands down for sure. Yes. Um, but we will move on now. Saquon, you know, number seven, controversial. Don't want him at seven either way, though. Yeah, it's uh, uh, he's one of those players you might just want to throw a little avoid, a little avoid X over his name. 
you gotta you know reach him take him eventually obviously well, he's he not falls, getting it he's not yeah. getting to the second round so for sure he's not getting to the second round either way so it's just like just be weary yeah no um but we move on now to the first wide receiver which is still Devonte adams over wow. the other ones what a shocker crazy did not see it coming even though everyone else has adams falling with the rogers news i mean we're keeping we're still here. we're still believing rogers and leaving which means mm-hmm. There will be regression. Rodgers will not have another MVP year. We've talked about this before. It's yep. insane to expect that two years in a row. And, of course, Adams won't have his 17 touchdowns either. Yeah, that's also not going to happen again. You expect regression, but still top wide receiver. Yeah, I don't think there's much argument there. He may not finish as a wide receiver one, but unless you, you feel you like... Should, you have to take yeah. him as wide receiver Unless one. you know who the wide receiver one is, which you don't, you just got to take who did the best in recent memory. Mm-hmm. And even if Rodgers leaves... Adams still produced when Rodgers was injured a few years ago with Brett Hundley. Jordan Love, first-round pick, probably is better than Brett Hundley. Better than big boy Brett? I gotta (laughs) say, he's probably better than Brett Hundley. So, with that in mind... They also have Blake Bortles, right? I mean, you gotta think about it. Oh, of course. Blake Bortles giving a little warm-up reps, him and Jordan Love playing catch on the sidelines. It is possible. You never know. Mm -hmm. I feel like... It's that is a good point. I didn't think of that. That could Blake be. Blake Bortles also a, a mentor for young Jordan Love. Might need to move Adams up to number seven with that in mind. <laughs> but I mean, Devonte Adams is definitely a player. Like, no matter he's what, he's going to, to be a wide receiver one. I don't care who his quarterback is. I believe he will finish as a wide receiver one. And with that in mind, first round pick, wide receiver mm-hmm. one. It's worth it. Um, moving on to number nine, though, we have. Nine and ten, I was a bit, uh, bit uh, dr- split on. I ultimately ended up going with Nick Chubb myself. So yeah. Nick Chubb, I mean, one of the, the best pure runners in the league. You do unfortunately. claim he's a, a better power back than Derrick Henry. Is oh yeah, he's the he's your the best runner? pure running back. Pure like, running back. Okay. If you take out all receiving skills, I would put him number mm-hmm. one in the entire league. But I respect receiving skills, and that's why McCaffrey is a better running back. Especially in a PPR league. Yes. Those receiving yards are quite crucial for a running back. But Nick Chubb doesn't really get any receiving work because of Kareem Hunt. He, is he has his very you know, much moments. handicapped by Kareem Hunt. That's why he's fallen so far to number nine. But the fact that he's still competing with these elite running backs, even though he has Kareem Hunt in his backfield, is why he's the best running back in the league for pure running. But for fantasy, he's number nine because Kareem Hunt takes up a lot of workload, and they often are seen splitting drives where Kareem Hunt will come in, yeah. especially near the goal line for some reason. Stefanski really likes Kareem Hunt over Nick Chubb, even though Chubb is the power back between the two. Yeah, that that's another. I would I wouldn't say this is as bad as Saquon, but this is another one I think you have to be wary about Nick Chubb. The fact that Kareem Hunt is there, I think, is a is a threat. Yes. Obviously, Nick Chubb is the best running back there, but Kareem Hunt is probably I, actually yeah, I can say he's definitely the best backup running back in the league. Oh yes, by far. He's a starting caliber. He running is the back. biggest the threat that any like running back one has to deal with. And that's why I wouldn't say avoid Nick Chubb. I like him better than, like I say, avoid uh, not uh, yeah avoid Saquon injury concerns unless you really feel confident in him. Nick Chubb is not a full avoid, but it's uh you gotta you gotta be nervous about him. You gotta look who else is available. Especially as you mentioned, like, Stefanski going with him on the goal line, going with Kareem Hunt. Not a good sign for Nick Chubb, especially. Well, it's more so red zone, like pure goal line, goal line. Nick Chubb well, yes, gets in, but, but like, red zone, Kareem Hunt's in ninety yeah, percent of the out, time. Ten yards out. I mean, and if he's giving it to Kareem Hunt over Nick Chubb, that's just you can't you can't change how the coach is going to you know play in the game. Yeah. Nick Chubb is a player you can't really reach for. He's like 
yeah, a great asset don't to get, reach, but especially with you know there's Hunt. there's very limited upside. And at the end of the day, he was heavily touchdown dependent. That's not going to happen again. He had twelve mm-hmm. touchdowns in twelve games. Nope, not going to happen again. He's not going for that touchdown again. He's not getting a touchdown again, a game once again. So regression will hit him, and he will fall down a tad through the lists. But right now is running back nine. Or, well, running back eight. Uh, running back pick, eight. Pick nine overall. Pick number nine, yeah. yes. Yes, that is true. Uh, moving on to number ten, another player I was I am interested on, considered putting him at nine, Austin Eckler. I mean, Eckler receiving ability is huge for him and improved offensive line, insane running ability as well now. He's looking to be in a perfect situation for him. There's a slight injury concern, which is ultimately why he fell to number 10 over 9, just because he has that slight injury concern where he hasn't really had a full season completely healthy in a bit. So with that in mind, Eckler has to fall a bit, but he is building a basically one of the best offenses over in LA right now with Justin Herbert. I mean, the coaching staff loves him already. He's in a great situation for that, but he's got no competition now because Gordon's left. Joshua Kelly isn't really a factor. Anthony Lynn was really the biggest problem because Anthony Lynn liked the running back AB system. And now that Lynn is fired, the new coaching staff should look to Eckler as a pure workhorse, hopefully where he doesn't lose out any carries from the, up the gut from Joshua Kelly, who ultimately failed as a running back A. But Eckler, going to get all the carries now, going to get all of the catches from the running backs, and improved offensive line looks like improved offense, more touchdowns as well. Just a bunch of positives for Eckler, nothing really holding him back next year. Yeah, I mentioned before how much I like, I like that Chargers team. I'm a big Justin Herbert believer. And I... I don't see the negatives. You mentioned injury concerns. I don't see a lot of negatives surrounding Eckler. i really uh, just hoping to see him improve this year. Not much to say about him. Uh, I think he fits in nicely at this end of uh, round one section. Definitely don't want to reach too high on him. But, I mean, you compare him to that first that first tier, on a tier for the word, that first group of the first seven running backs we have. Yeah. And probably even Nick Chubb. I would still put Nick Chubb above Eckler. But I think he fits in nicely to this role of if you got a like double digit pick, ten and beyond in the first yeah. round, I'm comfortable taking Eckler there. Right at the one two turn. Yes, I, I like him at that like because you know you're gonna get a good second round talent because you have one of those first picks in the second round if you mm-hmm. have a snake draft. I don't want him in that mid and uh, up, you know. But okay. I'm very I'm comfortable taking him once you hit double digit picks. Uh, I think that's a safe running back to go for. I mean, he's got great upside. It's just. I'm not quite sure. He's not as proven as everyone else. So ultimately, I feel like, yeah, right around 10 would be the earliest as well. But moving on now to 11, we have our first tight end. Travis Kelsey did get into the first round. And ultimately, I decided Travis Kelsey, first round talent, Mm -hmm. not exactly from uh, talent, but from value as well. Kelsey, I mean, tight ends this year especially are looking to be terrible. I do not like 12 tight ends, and in a 12-team league, you got to play a tight end every week. Yes. That is quite detrimental. Kelsey is the clear number one tight end, and ultimately, I feel like there are going to be a lot of weeks where he's better than a lot of the receivers, so that's why, even though he's 
not going to get as many points as the receivers. He's going to be more valuable than them. So with that in mind, Kelsey does get 11 because, you know, no matter what, every week he's going to produce elite numbers with the Chiefs offense. Sammy Watkins is gone. That doesn't mean a lot. They didn't really bring well, in anyone. For the one week. I, yes. One week Watkins pulls up. That Kelsey's, is a threat to yeah. Travis Kelsey. Kelsey's right not going to get that one week of you know slightly <laughs> decreased points. Mikkel Hardman hasn't really proven himself. I mean, what about Pringle? Byron Pringle's not much of a threat either. I'm not too concerned. I feel like it's a slight increase from last year for Kelsey, so he's going to stay tight end one, mm-hmm. and getting tight end one first round, it's worth it ultimately. Yeah, I understand your logic with the. The talent drop off in tight ends is a lot steeper than wide receivers or obviously running backs. But I mean, wide receivers is really what you compare Travis Kelsey to, is him being a receiver. Um, but I think Kelsey, uh, I understand the drop off with him and the other tight ends. Like I'm looking down this list, we don't have a tight end for quite a bit. Yeah. But I don't know about first round. I'm gonna be honest with you. I. And my, I might just be have like conventional wisdom here and just like mm-hmm. I want a running back, I want a receiver. I feel like his the point differential. I understand the value drop off in tight ends, but the difference in the like the points you're getting from a wide receiver is just higher than Kelsey. Well, last year Kelsey would have finished as the wide receiver four. I mean, it's not that. Yes, but you're taking him as wide receiver two, two right now. And I think he's going to slightly improve. And also, wide receiver two, wide receiver four for the positional value. I feel like. Brings in the, the point. I, yeah, I understand that point. I would just steer away from tight ends in the first round. That's just my personal take. It could just be old, old, just like wisdom I was just inherited. Just like, like just the unwritten rule that everyone just somehow goes with that you always want the running back receiver first. But something about Kelsey, I wouldn't take. Oh, I'm never been a guy to take a tight end early. I'm always more of a, a streamer, like seventh, eighth round tight end guy. So that might be personally. But I would, I would not take Travis Kelsey. But I could understand why you would with the value drop-off of tight ends. I've always liked early tight ends because I want someone I can play and just forget about for the rest of the yes, year. Yes, now Jason kind of wants just to lock off the tight end position not worry about it. I've been the exact opposite. I draft uh, a very high upside tight end very late in the draft. When they fail, which they have basically almost every year, I just go on the waiver wire and pick up a new tight end every week based off matchups and, you know, if there's an injury, you know, I'll pick up, like, the backup tight end. Yeah, my tight So, me and Jason have very opposite wisdoms on tight ends here. Last year, I did try the, you know, late tight end. I got Hunter yeah. Henry, which, I mean, it was interesting, I mean, was but I was, decent, like, you know? I was looking for improvements. And yeah, then... I went Noah Fant late on. I mean, probably one of actually my earliest picks of tight ends in recent years was Noah Fant. And uh, he got injured. So, then yeah. <laughs> I had to go with my usual strategy of picking one up each week. But personally, that's just the way I run the tight ends. I've never been a f- strong tight end guy. Jason, obviously, I mean, he's a big fan of the tight ends. He he wants just to lock up the position for the season. That's more of a personal take, I would say. But yeah. personally, I'm not taking Travis Kelsey first round. Sorry to disrespect you right there. I mean, I don't think anything personal of it. I'm just looking at down this list, and I would take him over everyone else I'm looking at, really. I feel like, you know, there might be a few guys who get more points than him, but... Mm-hmm. I think it's still worth it ultimately, but yeah, I no. can under, the the talent drop off is yeah. really where your point comes in. Like that's your arguing point, and I I do agree. It's a lot steeper, especially with tight ends. But I mean, personally, I'm just I'm just sticking to the bread and butter of just running back wide receivers. Understandable. 
uh, we do move on now to the last pick in the first round, which would be our second wide receiver being Tyree Kill. Which, Tyree Kill, I put him in the first round. Kind of had two other players right after him that I was considering. All, all, re- all three of them, really, for the last spot in the first round. Tyreek Hill ultimately won it just because high offense, reliable offense. As I said, Sammy Watkins left. Slight increase in targets, probably, which means slight increase in points. He has a bit more touchdown dependency than the other two players on right after him. But ultimately, I don't see that as a big factor because, you know, this season is going to be Chiefs, once again, high-powered offense. And I think especially with their new schedule, there are going to be a lot more closer games. I feel like their division is getting better, so they are going to have to compete more, especially in those six games. I feel like Raiders, terrible defense. That's going to be high scoring. Denver, strong defense, but low offense might be a bit of a tricky one. But for the most part, I think ultimately with Tyreek Hill, there will be plays he just explodes. And then the Chargers... They have an insane offense and a solid defense all around. Those two teams, clear favorites to compete for the division. Ultimately, Chiefs should win it. But those games are going to be high scoring, so Tyreek Hill will get a lot of points. And I think that is why he ultimately will be a wide receiver two over players below him. I think it's a bullet comparison if you could put Tyreek and Travis right next to each other. I think... That shows your your personal preference over the two right here. You really highlight it. And I think if you see, that's why I always mention the only way to directly compare players is if they play in the same exact offense. And Jason right here has just laid it out on the line, saying he'd rather have Kelsey than Tyreek. I've had Tyreek Hill for three of his years, four or five years in the NFL, mm-hmm. including the year when he was only a return man because we had points for return <laughs> men that year. So I did enjoy that year, but ultimately Kelsey, I just the positional value and also. I do think he's better than Tyreek Hill. I think Kelsey's better than Hill. Yeah. I just think that highlights your your beliefs over the tight end value yes. versus the wide receivers. Because if you're comparing the explosiveness in the offense, I think Hill has that uh, that uh, advantage over Kelsey. And more like the deep, deep balls kind of just racking up those big, big plays. But I think Kelsey is also a player that that's his number one read. Mahomes looks to Kelsey first on 90% of the plays. And it's your tight ends are more of like the, the safety option. I think also tight ends are just more important for fantasy at times than wide mm-hmm. receivers. I think running back, obviously, most valuable. Then I would say t- I would rather a tight end over a wide receiver just because of how scarce the position is right now. Yeah, I could understand your take. I just, I just wanted to highlight the direct uh, Chiefs comparison. Yeah finishing up our first round here wide receivers are a deep group i feel like wide receivers hands down the deepest group and running backs is a big drop off i feel like quarterbacks also this year are really in low demand or low supply so i feel like everything just seems to be leaning towards uh avoid wide receivers more and more and also i could have a slight bias you know, Stefan Diggs is my keeper. Yeah. I can't guarantee that I'm purely unbiased in this. That could have had effect effect on me. I don't think it did. Personally, I tried not to be biased, obviously, but maybe subconsciously. That's mm-hmm. something I'm thinking about. All right. So before we move on to the second round, I just need to throw in the third point to our weekly news. Just came out uh, 10 minutes ago. 
Oh. I just got a notification while we are while you're reading Austin Eckler. You're talking about Austin Eckler. Yeah. I was checking my phone. Just got a notification. Cam Newton has hurt his hand today, at Patriots OTAs. They're saying that. Uh, let me find out what you're talking about. He hit his uh, his right hand on his helmet after he uh, he got hit, and he was sat out the rest of practice. Breaking with, news with uh, the training staff. That was that was uh, my uh, the first mid podcast news. Are we saying Mac Jones QB one week one? I, I don't know about that one. Ah, but I mean the fact that we assume Cam Newton was going to be the number one QB. I don't know. I assume the hand injury is not that serious. Probably not. But it just popped up, and I was like, "Damn!" Just got to throw it in there, especially because we only have like two things to talk about in the weekly news now. Just had to really want to extend that, yeah. And um, I don't think that's going to affect too much. You know, it's just. Uh, Hopefully he's not injured for the season. You know, I don't think it's that serious. I'm yeah. assuming he'll be ready by week one, but this does slow his progress coming in at that year two. Everyone says how crucial the year two is for a new quarterback. And if he's not able to participate in these OTAs, like he'll be there for week one, I think we all assume. Yeah. If he's not able to be in the uh, OTAs, like that hurts the whole Patriots offense. Yeah. If Cam Newton, Cam Newton's supposed to make a big jump this offseason because he was kind of trashed last year. Yeah, the he big thing that everyone was saying decent. was he that he didn't decent. have the off season, and he once again. <laughs> I understand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But if he doesn't get the off season now because of a a broken hand or not broken, but a injured, injured hand yeah. that he just got in OTAs today while we're recording, I mean that's that turns over Bad the whole news. Patriots offense. Yeah, I know. And I assume Bill's not going to start Mac Jones. No, he's still not starting Mac Jones. Brian Hoyer. Yeah. Jared Stidham might even come in. I mean, Mac Jones is probably fourth playing time on the on the depth chart. Yeah, no, he most likely will redshirt Mac Jones all yeah. year, which we've said before. But Regardless of what happens, I believe, unless the other two, I assume Hoyer's getting cut in the end. But probably. the other two in front of him get yeah, injured, no. I think that's the only way they're putting Jones in. But anyways, now we can, I wanted to wait until the end of the first round, more of a stopping point, instead of just right. interrupting Austin Eckler's uh, the hype train you were on. Of course, all right, understandable. Um, but yeah, now, first player in the second round, another player we already said we could consider him going at 11, uh, at 12, but um, it would be Jonathan Taylor, the Colts running back, which, as we've said, he's currently being a reach. He belongs in the second round. I have him here because, ultimately, he's just overvalued. I mean... Mm-hmm. In, re- in terms of improvement, there's not really anything he can improve upon other than his, like, carries. He's not going to get more carries. If anything, he'll have a slight decrease with Marlon Mack, which I don't think Mack's going to be a big deal. But Naheem Hines still there. And Carson Wentz throws to running backs less often than Phillip Rivers. You still have Naheem Hines, who's going to get most of the catches. So that means less catches for Taylor. Marlon Mack back, slight decrease in carries. So unless he's just more efficient, he's going to be worse than he was last year, and he'll most likely decrease, which you don't want a player who's getting worse to be your first-round pick. But ultimately, he is, you know, the running back one in a strong offense and will get a lot of carries nonetheless. So he is still a valuable running back to have. Mm -hmm. But just someone, you know, he's most likely going to hurt this season unless Carson Wentz can really just explode and come back to an elite quarterback they're going to be looking at jonathan taylor first which is just a lot of negatives going against him this year but at least he has a strong offensive line that can help him no matter what they do have one of the best yeah 
That, that's all. That's the only name you got to focus on. It's just Quentin Nelson is such a beast. Uh, I, I'm perfectly fine with Jonathan Taylor leading off round two. I think, obviously, he has been uh, a little bit of overhyped recently. There's a lot of, you know, a lot going for him, and I think people see that, but I think they might be seeing that a little bit too much, thinking about it too much. Yeah. Um, I'm fine with him. Either we get him in the second round, so if you think about that, that's, you know, that's your second running back. Probably first first running back, if you got one of the, you probably picked a receiver first. Yeah. We're thinking about this thought process. I know we're not filling out a team here, but we have him ranked first in the second round, so that means obviously you already have another player in your team. I'm perfectly fine having him as my number one running back if I already picked a receiver first. Yeah, if you have one of the best receivers, you, then you, you it's okay. get one of those best receivers end of the first round. I'm perfectly fine with him. And if you're going two running backs, you have him as your second best running back. That's, that's great. So pick. good. Yeah. I mean, wide receivers are screwed, but your running backs are going to be you amazing. Know. You know, there are a lot of wide receivers who break out late in the draft. That is true. You just gotta. But just like just looking at a draft day, you're not getting your receiver till later on, like yeah. end of round three. You know, the value's not there, but that running back, those running backs would be insane, you know? Having two great running backs like that, yeah, that'd be so nice. Jonathan Taylor, I mean, there's going to be a slight decline more off, more likely than not, in my opinion, but I still think, you know, he's going to be a running back one, just lower end running back one. So, ultimately, he is ranked the 10th best running back right now, but, I mean, he's going to most likely have a solid year nonetheless and should be a good pick later on not early on where i've seen him go as high as the fifth pick in the draft which i just don't understand yeah i mean that's that's just irrational that is yes okay uh now we move on to 14 which i feel like the top 14 are the first round talents these are the only players who really get picked in the first round more often than not and the last player yeah, in that list I, would be Stephon Diggs. I, was just, I would agree with you. I yeah. think this is a nice place to cut so, it off. These would be, you know, the best available players to get. Stephon Diggs finishing off the list ultimately. I feel like Diggs is in a situation where no matter what, he's going to have another good year just because he has a lot going for him in terms of value because, once again, Josh Allen had a great year. Stephon Diggs looks to continue build, think, building that. John Brown left, Manuel Sanders comes in, more or less balances out. And yeah, the biggest thing for Diggs replaceable. would be he was low on touchdown dependency, only having eight touchdowns as a pure wide receiver one in a high-powered offense with limited to no run game. That's a big thing to look to increase. I could see Diggs going for like well over 12 touchdowns next year, possibly, which 12 t- Four, five more touchdowns for Diggs would be a huge thing. Could push him all the way up to the best wide receiver in the league. Yeah, I think the fact that he actually wasn't touchdown dependent, I think that, as you mentioned, that's a huge area for growth. I mean, he's probably going to get double-digit touchdowns, which is a two-touchdown increase from last year, at least if he gets 10. Uh, he has a lot of room to grow. We Obviously, we saw the emergence of Josh Allen last year. I don't expect him to get any worse. I only see Josh Allen getting better and better. He's just kind of been improving as of late. And, I mean, your QB's getting better. That's good news for Stephon Diggs. Not much competition for wide receivers. I know we mentioned Emmanuel Sanders coming in, but he's replacing John Brown. So I feel like their targets and receptions should basically equal each other out. I don't know. Emmanuel Sanders might. It depends how the coach looks at Emmanuel Sanders versus John Brown, the different skill sets. But I think Stephon Diggs should see probably about the same amount of uh, receptions. I don't think 
to John Brown, Emmanuel Sanders difference should uh, affect him too much. And just more touchdowns. I see his touchdowns going up at least double digits, I would say. And very strong beginning second. I I wouldn't be the most happy, but I wouldn't be upset if you reached for him in the first round. I wouldn't be upset. I, I think it would be a little early, personally, but I mean I wouldn't be it wouldn't be horrible, you know? I think I could understand an argument for him over Tyree Kill at twelve. But not Yeah, I, I think yeah, no. personally I would put Tyreek Hill above him. But I mean if you're reaching, he's yeah. he'd probably out of the he I'd say he's the best reach to go for. But oh, I, yeah. I would I would not advise that. I think that's just I would I wouldn't be too upset. I'd keep him out of the top ten, but after that yeah. I would understand. That eleven twelve is basically you know, second round anyways. Yeah. It's close enough, you know. Basically yeah. that. Yeah. It's all the same. But now we move on to our fifteenth player which will be our running back number 11, being Cam Akers, who we've already said we're quite high on. Cam Akers. Cam Akers. Know, he's proven throughout the end of the season and to, in the playoffs that he is going to be a workhorse back in that Rams offense. And as we've seen, the Rams offense is looking to be quite good next year with Matt Stafford oh, now. It's going to be a breakout year for them entirely. I personally feel like they're one of the best teams to win the Super Bowl right now and to have a running back on that team is a definite win especially a running back that's actually good so Cam Akers should be a good running back one getting him in the second round would be a good value pick but at the same time there is also ultimately the fear I can see of him you know early on in the season having struggles I know he's struggled with injuries more than anything else and as a rookie running back you can't expect them to start right away. But there were games where he was not really involved. Darrell Henderson and Malcolm Brown took over. Malcolm Brown's gone, though, and Darrell Henderson fell off at the end of the season. So I don't think that's the biggest factor, and I don't personally worry about it that much. I don't see Darrell Henderson affecting him in the slightest, and definitely not in the passing game, no matter what. So I personally feel like, with that in mind, Cam Akers will be a running back one, and you're getting him in the second round. Good value. He could break out to be a higher value running back, you know, mid-tier running back one. But right now, running back 11, pick 15 overall. That's where we have him ranked. Congrats, Cam Akers. You're actually good. That's the Jason seal of approval right there. Yeah, we Jason mentioned, we're very high in Cam Akers here. Uh, also pretty high, as Jason mentioned, on the Rams' chances. I think they're going to be really good next year. I did peep at Jason filling out his uh, his season predictions. He had the Rams going quite far, I do have to say. You just got to believe in some teams. They <laughs> break out teams every year. and uh... I think they have the potential. I mean, obviously, I've been very personally high on Matt Stafford for a while. Yeah. I think he, had, he suffered a lot from the air quotes here, Detroit effect. Yeah. Just no one pays attention to him. And, you know, bad organization to play for. I think he's going to come burst onto the field. Um, Cam Akers, I mean, injury concerns, yes. Uh, struggling early on and possibly getting replaced, yes. But the backups don't scare me too much. You said Darrell, I mean. Henderson, Darrell. Yeah, no, he's the only one left. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not too scared about my boy Darrell. No offense to Darrell, but I think Cam Akers has this locked up. Um he could he could struggle though like Cam Akers he has struggled sometimes early on. But I think I, I I hope the Rams ride him out. If the Rams ride him out, easy running back one. I think he really locks up that spot, and good value pick here. 
uh, beginning of the second round, top three. I think he's going to have a solid season, going to end up in that running back one spot, and you're getting him second round, I, I'd be happy with that pick. This is a yeah. good value pick, and I, I would be happy with myself after getting him in the second round. Also, one more thing for the Rams in total is that uh, you're going from a bottom 10 quarterback to a top 10 quarterback, so I can't, I feel like you know they're already a playoff team. you got to believe them to go far. Yeah, I think the quarterback difference is here. Jerry Goff was not yeah. very good at not very good. Just everyone's going to get a big boost from that alone. Mm-hmm. So, like, Cam Akers should really have a good season with that improvement by itself. But now to number 16, a player who's fallen quite a bit in actual mock drafts so far being DeAndre Hopkins, who is our wide receiver number four. And I don't understand why he's fallen so much. Like I've just he for some reason other people are just passing him left and right, which like AJ Brown for most people is now the wide receiver four. I feel like the top four wide receivers being DeAndre Hopkins at number four is still locked in as the top four wide receivers. I don't personally feel like Hopkins has done anything to deserve to fall back in drafts at all. But right now he's dropping down boards and it is a steal to get him later on. But Hopkins in a situation where Clear one, number one wide receiver. I mean, they brought in, the Cardinals brought in A.J. Green. Not really worried. Larry Fitzgerald still hasn't retired for some reason, but he's most likely gone. <laughs> Christian so, Kirk. So mean. <laughs> I love Larry Fitzgerald, and I hope he gets a w- ring, but like he's he's yeah, done at this point, that, more or less. That's why he's out here, trying to get him another ring. Just trying yeah. to add, add it up. But Christian Kirk, the only other receiver there, didn't really break out. Andy Isabella also kind of a bust at this point so like that just kind of leaves hopkins as a pure wide receiver one and the tight ends i mean dan arnold was a number one tight end and he left so that's not something to worry about Kenyon drake running back one also left james connor came in not really worried between him and chase edmonds so i feel like hopkins is going to be even better than he was last year and is a for sure top five wide receiver also um i like kyler yeah, too. Yeah. Issue with Kyler, rushing attack. That is the only yes. negative. You mentioned with Q- QBs that are mobile, that takes away. They're not solely you know just dropping back and slinging the ball to DeAndre Hopkins. The only downside of Kyler is the fact that he is mobile, so he will be taking away yards from Hopkins, or maybe even like a like close you know goal to go touchdowns. Yeah. So those could be run in instead of thrown to Hopkins. But great passing QB. So I mean that's still. He still has the top-level QB play that Hopkins really needs to succeed at a wide receiver one. Only draw, uh, drawback here, he is mobile, so he will be taking away some yards and potentially some touchdowns. I'm not too concerned with Kyler's mobility, though, because he's shown to be a smart runner where he doesn't take unnecessary hits. He you know, mm-hmm. knows when to slide, run out of bounds. I feel like he's, although he is a mobile quarterback, I think he's more like an Andrew Luck where he passes first and then uses his mobility as like an advantage that he can bring in yeah. where teams aren't like that's not their number one concern. That would be good news for uh, Hopkins. My biggest concern is Cliff Kingsbury is a terrible coach. But that doesn't affect play, so hopefully it doesn't matter. <laughs> Just drop that and move on. Yep. <laughs> okay. Next up. Cardinals aren't winning a Super Bowl until he's gone. I mean, you're probably not wrong, but I don't think he's oh, going to yeah. be gone for a while. That's the issue. He's maybe in the hot seat if they miss the playoffs. But uh, yeah. number 17 would be A.J. Brown, 
the fifth wide receiver we have here, and as we've said before, potentially best wide receiver in the league, Julio Jones news kind of is interesting on that front, it's a though. I mean, until anything happens, it's nothing right now, in my opinion, mm-hmm. and I'm not too concerned with it because my drafts, not, our drafts, isn't gonna be ha- be happening for a while, so we'll know what happens by then. So I'm That's not true. concerned with it until then. But AJ Brown, we've already said it a hundred times. Great wide receiver, no competition, and a lot of targets coming his way. Nothing but positives for AJ Brown this next season. Mm-hmm. And he's gonna just no matter what explode. Even if Julio Jones comes in, he's still gonna be a wide receiver one. Yep. So it doesn't even it doesn't matter. I would take him at seventeen with Julio Jones there, just with, you know, more caution. Hypothetical question. Yep. How do you think defenses play Julio Jones and AJ Brown? Who's the wide receiver one? AJ Brown. I would say. Because I was like, if you had A.J. Brown going up against the second-best cornerback, yeah, easy money. I mean, come on. But, yeah, Julio has kind of fallen off to the point that he will not be the wide receiver one. It's more so just the injuries have really slowed him down out Mm recent. But, ultimately, I think A.J. Brown has really broken out. I mean, to be their guy in Tennessee for a long, long time and not really worried about Julio Jones coming in. Yeah. No, no complaints. Yeah, I mean, we, Jason, for once, claimed that uh, AJ Brown was going to be the best wide receiver in the league. And then Julio Jones news came out. Yes. I said it was possible. I didn't say I expected it to happen. Mm -hmm. I still think there are other guys who will most likely do better, but I said if it does happen, wouldn't be surprised. Understandable. Uh, But anyways, we move on to another wide receiver, wide receiver six, being pick number 18, Keenan Allen. Another player we are still quite high on. and Except Owen. Owen got burned. Yeah, Owen, year. except for some reason, does not like Keenan Allen because of something that happened in, like, 2016. Oh, because Keenan Allen tore his ACL that one time. Yeah, that was back in the 2016. That one time that Keenan Allen just tore his ACL. He's like, damn, I'm tearing, my, I'm tearing my ACL just to mess with all the fantasy football owners. Yeah. I bet that's exactly what he thought. Five years and Owen still hasn't recovered. Mm-hmm. But um, It's a deep burn. Yeah. It's like third degree. Keenan Allen is a uh, great option to have no matter what because, I mean, Justin Herbert's proven to be a great quarterback already, I feel like. You know, great rookie numbers going to build on that. Keenan Allen is going to exceed Hunter Henry gone, Jared Cook in. There's going to be more targets for Keenan Allen. Jared Cook, quite the upgrade over Hunter Henry. I'm just, I added the Jared Cook part just to, you know, keep in mind not all of those targets are going to be available. Yeah, it's not 100% of them. Jared Cook will at least catch the ball at least yeah. once per game. I would say Cook's probably going to get 70 to 80% of those targets. Yeah. So Keenan Allen will be looking to be getting a slight increase, but the ball will be distributed also. Mike Williams, nothing to see there. I mean, we've already seen Herbert try to make a connection, but Mike Williams just isn't a great wide receiver. So, ultimately, Keenan Allen is looking to be the sole op- option in that offense to a lesser extent of a- compared to A.J. Brown. However, he doesn't have the same concern of Derrick Henry because Austin Eckler, although great player, potential top five running back at best, um, has injury concern and isn't as effective as a runner as Derrick Henry. So, Keenan Allen should be arguably in a better situation ultimately i would say brown still going to be right above him but keenan allen is close behind aj brown 
Yeah, that makes sense. Keenan Allen kind of been disrespected, as we always yes. talk about. But a uh, good value pick, finding himself in the, the middle of the wide receiver discussion, I would say. But mid-second round, you're not upset with getting Keenan Allen. Yeah. Uh, not too worried about injury concerns, even though it has played him in the past. I remember when we, you know, were back in 2015-16, he had back-to-back injuries. I was like, I'm never drafting him, but, you know, yeah. I'm like, oh, and It's been a changed. while since then, you know? We've changed, we, we, and... He's uh, gotten some time. We gave him some time. And I, I'm no yeah. longer worried about that. None of those injuries matter. It take you know, it takes, you know, give or take a year to be fully, a year or two to be fully recovered. Mm-hmm. And it's been, well, five years. So I am not concerned in the slightest. I feel like Keenan Allen's going to be perfectly fine no matter what. I would believe so, yeah. I if any injury that. happens, you couldn't have predicted it. It's mm-hmm. a fully healthy guy, just got hurt. Literally, it could happen to anyone. But we move on now to another wide receiver. Four in a row, did not realize that, but that does not matter. Would be number 19, Michael Thomas. Slant boy! Slander. Michael <laughs> Thomas does not deserve this slander. He's going to be... Slant boy, slander. He's going to be another player. I like all three of these guys for some of the highest upside in the out of any player, just really? in general. I mean, yeah. Michael With James Tom- Winston? Yeah. Okay. I'm here Wait, for explain, fantasy. Explain me. I'm here take. for fantasy. You're comparing Jameis Winston, the gunslinger, to Drew Brees. Jameis Winston was one of the best quarterbacks two years ago for fantasy uh-huh. and is now paired up with a receiver who was two years ago one of the be- one of the best wide receivers. And you're telling me now that they're together, that's so, not going to work out. So what happened to Michael Thomas in the past two years? Well, last year he got hurt and <laughs> was playing with Drew Brees. But he's, he's a little bit banged up, you know? You got to think about that. He got hurt week one and was injured for the entire season, playing through injuries left and right. And now, an entire offseason, fully healthy, a gunslinger quarterback who actually has a butt arm and doesn't need to... When Michael Thomas was playing with the, the with uh, Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill for those few weeks Drew Brees was hurt, he was running... Way more routes, running deep routes, running everything. They weren't just slants. Exactly. The short route game was purely because Drew Brees struggled more and more as his career was ending. And now you have a quarterback who can throw literally any ball to, unfortunately, any player. Mm -hmm. And uh, with Michael Thomas, hopefully he can, you know, take the ball away if the ball's ever thrown to the defender instead. And even if he doesn't, those few plays... Michael but, Thomas is still going to be let, Let's think about this very likely scenario. Okay. James Winston throws a pick to the guy guarding Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas snags the ball. Fumble recovery. Fantasy points. Mm. Yes. Runs in for touchdown. Touchdown. Do those count as rushing yards? No, those would be receiving yards. Even well, if he, he took Wait, no, a so you're saying interception, Michael Thomas forces a fumble forces somehow. Forces a fumble. He just snags it. out of the guy's hand. I do. I think that Double would be recovery. instead. That would be defensive return yards. Defensive even more value than re- receiving yards and rushing yards. It's, this is the greatest play of all time. J- Jameis Winston hucks the ball to like the one, like basically the end zone, like their one yard line. Michael Thomas goes down there, lets the other team catch it. He's worried about his fantasy points. Mm. Oh no! But then he gets one yet. Lets the guy run it back fifty yards. Snags at the fifty yard line. Runs 50 yards in defensive uh, turnover yards. 
Yeah. Racks up the fantasy points for the touchdown. Or he just catches the ball in the end zone. Yeah, but it's James Winston. That's not a guarantee. The ball might not even be at him. Michael Thomas is going to... Anyway, to a more realistic standard, <laughs> Michael Thomas will return as one of the best wide receivers in the league, and I guarantee he is a wide receiver one. I am fully on board that for fantasy purposes, you are going to see a major increase for Michael Thomas with Jameis Winston, and it will be great for the Saints. Not in real life, but for fantasy. Yeah, I, I understand your logic. I just... James Winston worries me. Even fantasy-wise, I know he's the gunslinger and he's going to be hucking long balls, so I can't call him Slant Boy anymore. Mm -hmm. But doesn't give me much confidence. I think the QB downgrade, even though the play style might be different, he might be going for longer routes, would help him fantasy-wise. The the banged, How banged up he was last year, I'm not 100% confident in him. And the QB situation is worrying me a little bit. But I will agree with you. In my eyes, he is either low-end wide receiver one, high-end two. I'm putting him in that range. He's also, Jared Cook, left, and there's no real tight end replacement. So he's, Emmanuel Sanders also left. That is Emmanuel true. Sanders left. So it's looking like him, Traquan Smith, Adam Trotman, and Alvin Kamara are the four main players. And you can take two of those guys off the list pretty easily, leaving you with Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara for targets. Kamara being uh, a I short thought, game player. I thought player, Kamara was one of the guys you were moving. That's my bad. Mm. There's a high talent replacement on that list. I mean, Kamara, he's short game. Jameis Winston clearly doesn't like throwing it short short and simple. Who's left for most of those targets? Mm. Michael Thomas. Who got who has the reception leaders reception lead in a single season? Michael Thomas, most receptions in a single season. And you're getting all those targets, he's just gonna break his own record. I know he's got an extra game and you know all of that, but ultimately, Michael Thomas is in a situation to be a top three wide receiver once again. Best case scenario. Worst case, low-end wide receiver one. And then we'll move on now to number 20, back to the running backs, DeAndre Swift. Might be an interesting one for some people, but I personally like DeAndre Swift once again because I've realized, although Jared Goff sucks, the offensive line is solid to well above average, and ultimately, he's going to be involved in the receiving game quite a lot, as there are no wide receivers involved. You know, Jamal Williams being added, not a good thing, but Adrian Peterson left, so now, Jamal Williams being a pass catcher, even if Todd Gurley shows up, he'll just be the worst version of Adrian Peterson, and DeAndre Swift will still ultimately be getting all of the carries, more or less. He will see an increase in carries, even if Todd Gurley signs. That most likely won't happen. Won't be a factor, though, as Todd Gurley was replaced by Edo Smith last year at the end of the season. Edo. So, Todd Gurley, not really a factor in my mind. And Jamal Williams, I know he's a great receiving threat, but DeAndre Swift also is a receiving back, unlike Aaron Jones. I think he's going to get a solid split and might get even more catches than Jamal Williams and be, and in that case, he could be a workhorse. Ultimately, I think both receiving backs can excel in this offense with the lack of receivers. And DeAndre Swift going to have a lot of running lanes just because the offensive line is really good this year. I think he's in a situation where he can be a running back one 
which is why he is ranked running back 12 right now on this list. Yeah, um, we mentioned DeAndre Swift earlier. I think we were trying to figure out if he was a winner or a loser if the way it was coming, but I think we swayed on a, a slight winner side. I'm pretty sure yep. where we finished off. I have confidence in him. Obviously, he's still young, you know, still trying to assert himself in the league. Um, I like, you know, I mean, they brought in the new old lineman. They brought in Sewell. That's going to really help him out there. Um, help him, you know, clear out some lanes, hopefully. Give him some more options. I would agree with the running back one pick. The Obviously, uh, people seem to be more wary. I mean, more, uh, more scared almost of taking these younger players with these early on picks. I mean, we're still in the second round here. But I am putting some confidence behind DeAndre Swift. Mm. I am not upset with this placement. This places him not end. I'd say st- this is still middle, round two. And I yeah. wouldn't be upset snagging him as a running back in this area, you know? Especially because at this point in time, you're most likely drafted a running back one already. So it is very true. As a, as a running back two on your team, as your second running back, great spot to get him. Yeah. Um, if you got one of those top wide receivers and this is your first running back, it's a little iffy. It's a little iffy. It he's is your best a risky back. one. Yeah, it sure. is a risky one if he's your number one running back, but you're just relying on that receiver or yeah. whoever to you know carry you through. You got to put in a lot of faith on your other guy at that point. Yeah, DeAndre Swift, he's, he's not going to be but. the best like point producer on your team. It's very – but I'm comfortable with him as the second running back in my team little more scared if I took over a wide receiver in the first round here. Yeah, I think if you have him as a running back one, it's something you could do, but ultimately I would not mm-hmm. recommend it, which number 20, most likely running back two, yeah. solid place to be either way. We move on now to pick 21 being DK Metcalf making his appearance finally. A bit farther down than most people probably have him ultimately being with uh, Keenan Allen and Michael Thomas, most people don't like them as much. But DK Metcalf does make his appearance. Also, DK Metcalf has surprising Julio Jones trade rumors around him. That's something I don't understand at all. They would trade him to Atlanta? No. They, oh. Julio Jones just joins him. Oh, in yeah. Seattle. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I was like, wait, wait, wait. They're giving up DK for Julio? No, no, no. No. Yeah, I did see that also that uh, Russell Wilson was talking to Julio about playing together. So yeah, that that's, would make sense. that one intrigues me how, you know, Russell Wilson asked for O-line help and instead the trading for Julio Jones. Because that makes sense. That helps yeah. your O-line. I don't personally understand it, but, you know, the Seahawks are off on their own world. Uh, most likely won't happen, though, just because I don't feel like the Seahawks realistically should get another wide receiver and Julio would not be the missing piece they need to make a playoff push. But DK Metcalf, is in a situation where he's a clear number one wide receiver and he will succeed more often than Tyler Boyd or Tyler Lockett, I'm sorry, uh, will. He's clearly the number one threat. Russell Wilson has a great connection with him. He, he excels in the offense no matter what and all around just produces on a weekly basis no matter what. He, no matter what. He, who, no matter who he is against. Got that one out. There Jeez. you go. <laughs> Yeah, uh, DJ's proven yeah. to be a beast in the league. Yeah. I mean, that's no debating that. He's really come onto the scene, I think, last season, really. He really broke out. He is a definite wide receiver one on the Seahawks. And um, 
I do understand putting uh, Keenan Allen obviously above him. I could see people putting him in that top group where we have you know Hopkins, Brown, Allen, Thomas, and that group of four. But we are we are we're doubling down on Swift, right? We're putting if we're believing in Swift, we're putting yeah. him above DK, and that, like is, that that is bold for us to say. But if we believe Swift is going to be as good as we are, then I'm not too upset at this. DK, uh, I feel like people. There's something that people just do. People just people distrust DK for some reason, right? There's some negative feeling towards DK. Is it just because um, he's jacked? There for some reason, people just thought he like was just. Him, and there are people who love him. There's not really much in between. That's why I feel like I feel like there's always either yeah. there's people like Owen, who yes. think DK is literally the best wide receiver in the world, and then there's people that are just like all he is is jacked. Like they, I yeah. feel like the the issue with him is just the fact that he was jacked. There was a point people where think he just can't I, play football. He's yeah, a body I didn't like him at one point because people were saying he was at the same level as Calvin Johnson, which he's not even close. I hated when that was around, but that. <laughs> Have pays. you ever seen that uh, the tweet? I forget who put it out there that it was like literally Calvin Johnson lined up with two cornerbacks right yeah. on him, and it's like, uh, whenever you see this again, we'll talk. Yeah, and it's like exactly. we'll never see that again. So Calvin Johnson, yeah, that. That it might be it. The overhype. There was a the overhype yeah. around DK might have annoyed us. That might be I it put us hated, away. From, DK I hated didn't DK do that. at that point in time. DK didn't do that. It wasn't his fault. The no. media, the fans, everyone they else caused it. But I still name. hated him because mm-hmm. everyone was doing that. I've since moved on from that because you know the. Yeah, I think I'm still stuck down. in that. Well, also just because Owen, I like to disagree with Owen. I just do that as That's a joke fair. sometimes. So I will say DK is trash just to mess with Owen, but in all respect, he is obviously uh, top wide receiver. Uh, Tyler Lockett, not much of a threat anymore. Nope, he's on his way out, honestly, yeah. as age continues. Even though we got a big extension, not much of a threat at all. That'll be a sad day. He was my, my OG player, as we mentioned before. I'll hold mm. a, a little ceremony for him once it happens. Yeah. But yeah, solid spot for him. This is, I do like this next pick. This is a, this is a spicy one. We do have, at pick number 22, our second tight end being Darren Waller, mm. which quite high up for some people. Yeah, uh, but fantasy wise, should be unanimous tight end too, right? George Kittle. For some reason, not. I don't see why not. I, I think Darren Waller is a better fantasy tight end than George Kittle. I think that should be agree. universally accepted, but it's not. Not even close. That's the issue. It's not universally accepted. Most people accepted. have the exact opposite. Darren Waller is very like an offensive powerhouse, and George Kittle yeah. is. He has. We always talked about this. George Kittle, we both believe, is Best the number tight one end tight end in the league. NFL. Football, number one tight end in the league. The yeah. blocking ability. Travis Kelsey is second. Darren Waller is third. But fantasy-wise, George Kittle takes a step back because he is a receiving threat, but he doesn't have the explosiveness power that just Darren Waller and Travis Kelsey just absolutely the animals at receiving. And also, compared to Darren Waller, there are other options in the 49ers offense. Yeah. I mean... Raiders were struggling, like yeah. Henry, Henry Ruggs. Exactly. Like Josh Jacobs in the passing game, like Kenyon Drake. Like, who are we worried about, you know? Yeah, no, Darren Waller excels because he's a number one in every play, no matter what. And Derek Carr isn't horrible. Yeah. Derek Carr is better than Jimmy Garoppolo. And as yeah, of right I'm now. I'm not upset about that. I'm not upset with that. I as, would agree with you. As of right now, he's better than Trey Lance just because we've never seen Trey Lance play. True. Yeah. So I think Darren Wall. I mean, Derek Carr, sorry. Derek Carr. Um, each, I'm I'm missing the word here. Like usable, sustainable QB. You know what I mean. Like, I think he's better. Than, I think he's a def, He's above average. I I would put him top fifteen for sure. 
I could see. Yes, I would put him in maybe that, at the bottom of that. I would put him in the. I don't know exactly off the top of my head, but I put him in that 12, 13, 14, 15, at the bottom of the above average section. I could agree uh, yeah. putting him there. Oh no, above average NFL is uh, there's thirty two teams, so it's top sixteen. Well, yeah, but I I think he's in your yeah, top fifteen. I, I I wouldn't be upset with that. Yeah, Just I, outside I the top ten, give or take. Yeah, he's definitely outside the top ten. I think that's an agreeable opinion. But I would put him uh, past the twelve mark, like. Fancy value, would you have Derek Carr as your starting QB? No. 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 See, so, yeah, yeah, that's why I don't think he's top 12 fantasy-wise, you know? Yeah. No. Or even NFL-wise. So, yeah. I, but, yeah, great, uh, you know, above-average QB play. And he is should be the unanimous number two tight end. Not exactly. I, I did mean, mention not wanting tight ends in the first round. Second round, it's okay. I would say okay to gamble. So, I, in my ideal situation it, of a guy that doesn't take tight ends, I would have Travis Kelsey in the mid-tight end, I mean, second round, mid-tight end. Uh, no, sorry, I'm saying tight end. Mid-round uh, mid two in the so fantasy like draft. So, like 17, 18-ish? Yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, I guess it depends on what your pick is. I, don't, I just want yeah. the stability at uh, round one. Round two, I would be okay gambling on a tight end. So, that's why I'm not upset with Darren Waller here. Yeah. Obviously, Tra- uh, Travis Kelsey should be. We have him what almost a round ahead. Travis Kelsey should be a round ahead of Waller, or depending how it spaces out. You know, yeah. if Kelsey falls in the second round, you don't gotta wait till round three to take Waller. Of course. So I'm not upset with this placement as was as I had like my issues with the Kelsey placement, but I'm fine taking a tight end of round two. That's where I'll draw the line, because I feel like. I feel like usually maybe last year's draft when I was paying attention, I think Kelsey went beginning round two. And I was like, that was a little early in my eyes, but I wasn't that upset with it. Mm-hmm. So I'm fine with Waller here at the end of round two. I'm not too upset with the placement-wise. And uh, I think, you yeah. know, number two tight end in the league fantasy-wise, so there's nothing wrong with that. Also, for a more important aspect between the Waller-Kittle debate, no injury concerns. I True. mean, Kittle was True. out for more than half the year last yes. year. Kittle basically had, and, uh, had just had an yeah. off year. Just He's, injury. He was just rehabbing. Hasn't been fully healthy ever. Mm-hmm. So Darren Waller has been fully healthy all last season, year before that. I don't see, like, that's the biggest thing for me. I feel like Darren Waller and George Kittle, if they're both fully healthy, produce give or take the same amount of points. Yeah. But Darren Waller, not someone who's going to get hurt, George Kittle, gets hurt every year. I feel like that's that alone, even if Kittle gets like 50 more points, I'd still want the healthy guy. You got to take into account that Kittle's not playing all 17 games this season. You don't know when Kittle gets hurt, and if he's hurt in playoffs, your season's over. Mm-hmm. I know, you know, Trey Lance likes tight ends, so when Trey Lance steps in, Kittle could get the upside on him, but I still value the health of Darren Waller over George Kittle's upside. So... Ultimately, Darren Waller, fully healthy, that's my guy. That's my tight end, too. But um, we will now move on to our next pick, all the way down, 23, coming to the end of the second. Another controversial one, Amari Cooper. I don't think it's controversial. Really? Well, Amari I... Cooper is give it a later third-round pick right now, so we have a give or take a full round ahead. But I personally am high on the Cowboys' offense. I feel like you also are high on the I'm Cowboys' high offense. I'm high yes. Which well, leads yeah. me to believe in the offense. Cowboys' offense is always, I believe, overhyped and underprepares. Like I they think the Cowboys as a team are always overhyped. Yes. Well, that's just 
the but, biggest yeah. media market and you know with Jerry Gillen pumping yep. out into the media that they're just media hyped up but I believe Amari Cooper's uh, production with Dak that is the one connection that I I feel solid about just because you know I had CD Lamb so I watched their games I trust in Amari Cooper producing while Dak is healthy yep, that is I mean, like one of the like one of the relationships I'm confident about I'm confident in Dak obviously because I've had him the past couple years and I saw I was I was quite upset when he was throwing it to Cooper instead of C D Lamb, but I saw how much that Cooper was able to produce that I'm I don't feel yeah. like this is I'm all right taking him here. I feel confident in this pick, this placement here. Yeah, we even though it is I assume way above his ADP, whatever yes. people are mocking him at. But I think this is maybe this is his true value. And then if you're getting him in the third round, that's just the, that's the difference in value. You're yeah. getting an extra round where I believe he should be. If I'm getting Cooper in the third round, I'm like, oh, he's a, I got two second round picks in yeah. my eyes. I like that. Yeah. I mean, he's currently a wide receiver nine on this list. And mm-hmm. when Dak was healthy, he was a top three wide receiver. And now, you know, they're not going to keep up that pace because that was an insane pace. Yeah. You can't expect that. So slight regression there. Bumps him down to wide receiver nine. That's a realistic expectation for him to produce with Dak throughout the entire season. And if you're drafting him as wide receiver nine, you expect him to do that. That's a good pick. But with his ADP, you're drafting him even later. You're getting a steal. But for true value, he is going to be, I think, 23rd, give or take. He's going to be a second-round pick worth worth a second-round pick. And the offense, I mean, Cowboys offense, one of the best in the league, should produce no matter what with him. So we move on now to our last pick. Pick 24, end of the second round going to be our wide receiver 10, Calvin Ridley, who gets this spot because Julio Jones is departing. Ultimately, that is going to make Calvin Ridley a great player. Calvin Ridley's an interesting spot right now, though, because he was basically Chris Godwin, but for last year, because both of them were extremely hyped up, and then they proceeded to produce at an insane level to the expected hype. However, people just ignored Calvin Ridley when he was doing it, and when Chris Godwin did it, everyone loved him for it. He was like the center of attention. Now Calvin Ridley, he just did it. He was a top five wide receiver, and he's just being ignored for some reason. Like when he was healthy, he had injuries, which hurt him. But when he was healthy, he was a top five wide receiver in the league. And now he's just getting ignored all year long. I don't know how you know Kyle Pitts and Julio Jones leaving, entering the offense. Don't know how that's going to work out. Don't know what the Falcons' offense are going to do with Arthur Smith now in charge. There are a lot of question marks. So ultimately, Calvin Ridley, wide receiver 10 for me. But I think he's in a situation where no matter what, he's going to be a wide receiver 1, and he will produce at a high level for sure. Yeah. uh, We did mention earlier before we heard about Julio News that Calvin Ridley, I mean, the Falcons had two top 10 wide receivers. Yeah. They had, I mean, Julio was kind of on the border there. Calvin Ridley was definitely in that top 10. And we were debating that. Um, so they had the two top 10s. Get rid of Julio. I mean, he was injured. And Calvin Ridley really came onto the scene while he was injured. I just see Calvin Ridley producing more of the same. If Julio's not even on the team, then there's no worry of Julio coming back from injury, taking his spot. Kyle Pitts depends. I mean, rookie tight ends bear usually don't do anything. Kyle Pitts is supposed to be different. Yep. He's supposed to be, you know, 
a new not he's not like other tight ends. Exactly. The joke I'll always bring up. Um, and if he's really as good as he is and he's able to produce, that is a threat to Calvin Ridley. But I don't think it's going to be as big as everyone seems to be thinking it is. I think Calvin Ridley's still going to be able to produce. He's still going to be top ten wide receiver. And Matt Ryan's not as he okay. He's pretty bad, but like he's not horrible. Get out of here with the Matt Ryan slander. I do not want to hear it. He's not. Is he good? I he's don't... better than Derek Carr, and you know it. No, no way. A hundred percent. He is better than Derek Carr, and you know it. Oh no. He is oh, most no, Jason. certainly oh, better than no, Derek Carr. Jason, no. He is just outside of the top ten. No, he's not. He is a hundred percent just outside of the top ten. He's not. He, uh, no way you think Derek Carr is better than Matt Ryan. I do. I Not really a chance. Do. I really do. Not a chance. <laughs> I hate to break it to you, but I do. This is an outrage. I feel betrayed. Matt Ryan, I mean, he stayed healthy. Derek Carr did have that one injury. He's better. <laughs> I'll give him that. <laughs> He's just I, better. I'm not going to say that, Jason. I will what? not say that. I think Derek Carr is better than Matt Ryan. Not not a chance. There's no way that Derek Carr is better. Derek Carr is an underrated quarterback. Matt Ryan gets hated on way too much. He is most certainly better than Derek Carr. Nah. <laughs> this is an nah. outrage. What, what were you going to say then? What were you going to say about Calvin Ridley and Matt Ryan? I was going to say Matt Ryan is overheated and he's not as bad as everyone thinks he is. Exactly. But he's still worse than Derek Carr. No. No, he's not. This is... I can't believe what I'm hearing. I thought Jason I knew who you were. Ugh. Wow. He's not as bad as everyone says, but I just... I think Derek Carr is just better. No, there's not a chance. There's no way. No way. No way. I don't want to hear this. We gotta... Yep, we'll talk about this after the show. We uh-huh. got Calvin Ridley. What do you think? You know, I I see him as I was saying without Julio there. I see him producing the same he has while Julio's out with injury. Kyle Pitts, I don't think is going to be as big as a factor as everyone is. Even if he is, not the end of the world. Calvin Ridley's still top ten. And as I was mentioning before, we went on our tangent. Matt Ryan's not as bad as everyone thinks. That's the summary here. Uh. End of second round. Not upset with the Calvin Ridley pick. I'm upset about other things that we can't talk about right now because that's not what we're talking about. But uh, that will you're gonna, be... You're going to dwell on this one for a while? That Yeah. No, we'll talk about it later, Patrick. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is it for the first two rounds of our fantasy big board and ultimately will be the end of our episode. Oh, well, look at that. <laughs> Outro music. Jason's upset. Jason is so upset. I'm gonna have to have a word with you later, Patrick. We're gonna this. I can't believe you're gonna it. take me out back. You're yeah, teach me a lesson. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta be taught a lesson here. Matt Ryan is better than Derek Carr. Well, anyways, <sighs> uh, after I get, uh, you know, uh, yelled at by Jason, you know, just taught to believe in the Matt Ryan train. Everyone have a good week. Hope you have a nice one coming up. You know, have some good weather. It's getting close to summertime. You know. Hope you know Matt Ryan is better than Derek Carr. Take care. Yep. Have a good week. Uh, tell everyone about the podcast. <laughs>